The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. This is the penultimate episode of the season, and Ewan, that means the second last. Second last? Yeah. So we've got one more to go. We're going to be on for a season-ending podcast next Wednesday. We've delayed it a couple of days because Scotland are playing on Saturday and Tuesday night. So we'll be on on the Wednesday ah. morning for all the reaction to the Scotland games, Norway and Georgia. So that makes sense. It would have been nice to have ended on a 50th before yeah. we brought it back. I mean, we'd need to, ugh, we'd need to do another, like, th- another four. Well, what's this one again? 46. So 47 would be next week, so we'll do three more. So 48, 49, 50. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't nah, be bothered with nah, that. Let's so, so that. Next season, yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, we have had uh, lots, of, lots of chat about changing Scottish football since last week's episode. Thank you for all your comments. Yes. So, Hip says on Twitter. The Scottish League would definitely be better if it had 18 or 20 teams play each other twice. Currently, if two Premier League teams meet in the Cup, they might end up playing each other five times in a year. Absolute fucking yawn. (laughs) Games aren't special. I mean, actually, it could be more than that. It could be six times. I love that the Conference League's been knocked on the head. Yeah, absolutely. Great news. Brilliant Brilliant news. news. We kind of, like, in some ways preempted that. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, there was a lot of uh, accounts on Twitter who were sort of drumming up support against it. So uh, congratulations to all those Twitter accounts and all the work that you do. You are good people. And until the next time, because I'm sure in six months' time, they'll try and bring it back as something else. Paul Weaver agrees with you, Ewan. The old firm are at a significant disadvantage in the Scottish League. And their status supersedes the majority of English teams. I am sick of the mockery from down south and think it's time to challenge them and move to the English Premier League. Celtic and Rangers are big enough to do well in the English Premier League, but the big boys down south will never vote it through unless TV money dictates. If TV money goes, we're going to give you two billion a season or five billion a season or whatever it is, but you'll only get it if you let Celtic and Rangers into your league. That's the only way it's ever going to happen. And that's not going to happen no. be- because the current TV deal for uh, Scottish football is worth 30-odd million pounds a season, so they're not going to change that into the billions. And do you know what's not as meaning as an English Premier League giving more money to get the um, Scottish teams down south? But there's also talk... It's not worth that much. By the way, there's a lot of talk just now, a lot of murmuring going on, that Sky might not have the rights next time it comes round for the English Premier League because the English Premier League are looking at going alone and doing a £10 subscription per month for the English Premier League where they think they could treble the money they get already from Sky. Paul Weaver said in his tweet, the old firm are at a significant disadvantage in Scottish football. Said without a hint of irony, of course. (laughs) Banzai Boy said, Celtic are huge but stuck in a minor league. They've moved so far ahead financially from everyone, they need to push to join a Euro League. They're never going to be accepted in England. So, yeah, absolutely ruined our notifications over the last week or so. Thank you to everyone. That was some of the best bits. But you can go and listen to last week's episode in case you missed it if you want to get involved in that chat. We'll park that there. This week we've had a lot of changes in Scottish football, changing managers up and down the leagues, players in, players out. Plus, two more English teams have won European trophies. Imagine that. It's almost like they've got more money than everyone else. We'll go through everything that's gone on and go through your shouts for if Scottish football was a currency. I personally think this one, one of the best ones we've done. Some of them are very good. They are absolutely very good. Remember, you can find the Big Scottish Football Show on Twitter. You just need to follow us at Big Football Scott, all one word. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening and give us a big fat juicy five stars. Thank you very much. I was actually checking. I think we're at 4.7. So we've got a couple of one stars. I, I checked. I compared this to Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And he's at 4.8, so we're only a point of a difference away from Joe Rogan. One of the comments was quite good. One star. They spent at least 10 minutes whilst one of them was trying to say Kyogo properly. (laughs) (laughs) And we got one star for that. And we got one star for that. So thanks, Ewan. Just learn these names, for God's sake. Let's let's actually start with the football, um, I suppose. Do you watch the Champions League Saturday night? First of all, can I can I say that you set me up for a fall last week because you set me a challenge? Oh 
of course we've got a guest. Yes, yes, yes. You, I forgot you, about you that. set me up with a challenge to get a Champions League winner on who wasn't Scottish. So I am so looking forward to this. Who have you got lined up? I contacted a number of uh, right. Champions League winners. Let's go through who you contacted. John Arnarisa. Nice one. He'd have been great. One out with Liverpool. Not available. Famously, yes. All right, okay. Uh, Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher. He'd have been amazing because he won it with Liverpool as well. Correct, same time as John Arnarisa. Same time, and he was, he was actually at the final on Saturday. He, he was, was. covering it for CBS. Yeah. And, and, and they won the Champions League in, in Istanbul. Istanbul. Oh, great. I can't wait to talk to Jamie. What, what's his number? Forget that. Oh, is he not available? No. Nah. Right, um, right. I also message uh, Rio Ferdinand on Twitter. Rio Ferdinand? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. He won it famously against Chelsea. In Chelsea, in Moscow, yeah, yeah right, absolutely, right. under Fergie. Yeah. So, I, right, so what's his number? No, then? no, no, he, 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 no, no, he blanked me as well. He blanked you, right. Um, and remember when Chelsea won it? Yes. Right, Chelsea won the Champions League and there was a player who didn't actually play but came on with a strip. John Terry. I contacted John Terry. John Terry yeah. is going to be on no, this podcast. he's, he's not. He's, oh, he's not. not, right, not okay. he, he blanked me also. Okay. Um, we also tried to get a hold of Pedro Mendes. Pedro Mendes. I mean, he'd be easy to get, obviously, a former Rangers player. player. Won it with Porto Correct. under Again, Jose Mourinho. That's right. right. The, year be, the year before, they won it, the UEFA Cup against Celtic. Against Celtic, yeah. right. What's the Portuguese uh, dialing no, code? No, no he, he blanked me as well. Oh, he blanked you as well, right. And then I thought, who 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 could I possibly get that has some sort of that I can remember? I remember going to a Champions League final in two thousand and was it one? I think it was two thousand and one. No, two thousand two it was. And I thought the referee Gianluigi Kalina was the referee for the game between Valencia and Bayern Munich, and I was there that night at San You've Siro. You've got probably the most famous referee of all time on this podcast. What's the Italian dialing code again? What is it? I did Plus. actually... I, no, wait, wait, wait. I, I did actually speak to his representative. Uh-huh. And um, he is busy because of what happened at the weekend, so can't join us this morning. There's a debrief going on for the referees, and... That's why I can't join. So I didn't get a no. It was just not available at this time. But thank you for your um, your invitation to the big Scottish football podcast. So in short, I, I failed. But it wasn't right. for the want of trying. Right. That's a bit so, so, yeah. As you can see, I went through a whole host of different people from different parts of, um, I you, of football. I gave you a, a full week to do I that. I know you did, mate. But um, I, 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 I have failed. But Kalina was the one that actually replied. The rest said That'd nothing. Been really cool. Kalina's great. I met him as well. He was on the cover of Pro Evo back in the day. He was. Can I tell you the story about when I went to the Champions League final in 2002? Yes, you can. It would have been Valencia versus Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich at San Siro. It was 1 1. Effenberg penalty. I think it was member Geiska Mendieta. Yep. Mm-hmm. He scored a penalty as well. So it was 1 1 after 90 minutes. It was 1 1 after extra time and it went to penalties and, and Bayern Munich won it in penalties. Obviously, Bayern yeah. Munich won on penalties. So how did I end up at the Champions League final of 2002? So I was working at a radio station called Emirates Radio. Okay. Those wait, two wait, clubs. Wait, 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 wait. Hello and welcome to the English service of the United Arab Emirates Radio broadcasting from Abu Dhabi. Anyway, so I was there. Emirates Radio. Yeah, that sounds a wee bit like yeah. it. Heineken or Amstel were the sponsors of the Champions League at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And there was a company in Abu Dhabi called African and Eastern. You might remember them. They're like a... a booze company. Yeah, they and, are. It's a, like an off-license. Yes, and they supply the booze for the Middle East and for Africa. So they're called African and Eastern. Yeah, because in Dubai you needed the license to That's buy right. alcohol. Whereas uh-huh. now, you actually don't. Correct. But back then you needed a license yep. and you'd go to what we would call an off-license and you'd have to go to African Eastern and you'd hand over your license and they'd give you some booze. But you're only allowed a certain amount of booze. I was in Afri- African and Eastern last year when I was in Dubai. Oh, were you? Yeah. So I knew the guy that was in charge of African and Eastern. I'm still, or Heineken were sponsoring the Champions League. So I made the phone call. I went, any chance of getting some tickets to give away on the radio for the Champions League final? Because obviously I'm still Heineken are sponsoring mm. it. He went, leave it with me. Three days later, he came back to me. And he got me four tickets for the Champions League final to San Siro. So you pocketed two yourself? No, I pocketed three. <laughs> I gave away one right, ticket. So, so, so I got these three tickets. I had these four tickets. I thought, there's no way am I giving these away. I'm, I'm taking. <laughs> Initially, I was taking two. But then I had to give away 
three, so there'd be one for me and one for a two of my pals. Yeah. So we had the tickets for the game, but we needed flights and we needed hotels. So there was a guy in in, uh, in British Airways who was a good pal of mine called Harvey, and I phoned him up. I goes, mate, any chance you can get us tickets to fly to London then on to Rome, and I'll give you a Champions League final ticket for it. He went, yeah, sorted. So I was like, brilliant, got the flight sorted. And then I phoned up a pal of mine who ran uh, the Hilton Group for the Middle East, a guy called David, he was a Scottish guy. Phoned him up, goes, do you want a ticket for the Champions League? He went, aye. I goes, in return, can you get me hotel rooms in Rome, uh, sorry, in Milan for the Champions League final? Sorted. So I had the flights, I had the tickets for the final and I had the hotel room. I had one ticket to give away on the radio. But the problem was, the three of us had decided we didn't want a fanny coming on this trip with us. Because you're a big enough fanny. Exactly, you didn't need yeah. any more. So we were going for a six-day trip. So mm-hmm. we went to Ascot first to see the horse race and then we flew to Milan for the Champions League final. So we thought, how do we fix getting one of our pals to win the competition? No. <laughs> so then we can all go to the Champions League final. You know what? This is so annoying because... <laughs> what? What? You're the reason... You're I'm not you and in deck <laughs> Richard and Judy <laughs> fixing their competitions, and this is why people think competitions on the radio are fixed, they're, but they're not. But now, because of people like you, they're absolutely not it's, now. They're, they're not. the most heavily regulated thing in the entire industry. <laughs> they are very heavily regulated, but none to do with me because I'm sitting in the Middle East. I can do what the hell I wanted. So we made sure that the winning ticket for the competition went to somebody that we knew and liked. And we had the most spectacular trip. And when we turned up to fly from Abu Dhabi to London to go to the race in Ascot, the boss of British Airways upgraded us all to first class. So we flew first class from Abu Dhabi to London. This is all great. And then then business class, London to Milan. And we went to Champions League final and we did the same going back as well. It was brilliant to be there. But I have to say it was a bit naughty of yours truly yeah. who took advantage of somebody's kindness to do a radio competition, but I just kept it for myself. You know what? If you'd put even a couple of percent of the effort you put into that to get <laughs> a guest for the show over the last week, we'd be talking to a Champions League winner right now. Have I not just read out a list of players I try to get? Aye, but you know, you didn't really want Risa, to. Carragher, Ferdinand, Terry, Mendes and Kalina. And what have we got? Nothing. Well, you, but you set me up a challenge that you knew I was going to ultimately fail in because see next week you're going to get a Scotland player and that's quite easy for you because you work with the Scottish FA you work with the Scotland team yeah. you meet them on a regular basis because so? you've got some sort of like hookup is it with Boots? No, uh, M&S M&S Boots <laughs> <laughs> So you've got a hookup with M&S so yeah. you're going out there and doing all this stuff with the Scottish football team so you're, easily, you're, you're going to easily get a player for this show next week Yeah, I know so well why did you give me the hard fucking task to do because I thought that would be funny and that's easier for me I was so determined to get something I couldn't do it anyway in terms of the actual game on Saturday night I think we all thought it was going to be an absolute pumping but it wasn't at all and all and I thought were quite unlucky I thought they deserved it if I'm being honest I mean apart from Man City having all the possession did they really test on Anna apart from that saving the first half from uh, Haaland I don't think I mean how does Lukaku miss that chance I mean Edison doesn't know anything about it I mean he literally doesn't know I mean if he puts that a yard to the left or a yard to the right that's a goal yeah and then saving at Milan score at that point they win that final and then the save at the end from Goosen's header. I just think, oh, Inter Milan will be absolutely kicking themselves. And, you know, there's absolutely no doubt that Manchester City have an absolutely tremendous team, a brilliant manager, but it's all just a bit inevitable. Man City, for me, are a fake football club. And I upset a lot of Man City fans at the weekend when I posted that they're a joke of a football club and they're a joke of a fan base. There are some Man City fans out there who have threatened to punch my face in. Yeah. But I think truth hurts sometimes. And I watched a comparison video of Man City fans celebrating when a playoff final against Gillingham up against winning the Champions League against Inter Milan. And they were more excited at beating Gillingham than they were at beating Inter Milan. I think that Man City have lost their football club. And they have lost their identity and who they are. I think the Champions League is knackered. Totally knackered. It's gone, you're right. Because 
Man City have won it now. Chelsea have won it a couple of times. Liverpool, not so much Liverpool, but like oh, you're talking about the big I, I, money. I'm, I'm talking about the the teams who Real Madrid. What no the teams who were diddies. Oh, and sorry. Yes. Are, are winning the Champions League because they've got rich owners or increasingly are owned by countries. Yes. I mean, you're now in this ludicrous situation where if you're a billionaire and you own a football team, that's not even enough anymore. No. You need to be owned by a country. Yes. To really be yeah. in there year in, year out. And that's why PSG will eventually win the Champions League at some point as well. Yeah. They'll win it over the next decade, I would imagine, because they'll chuck so much money at it that they'll just eventually win it. And I was just a bit depressed with that on Saturday night, to be honest with you, because Inter Milan, uh, I know they finished, what, third in the Italian League, I yeah. think. Not a brilliant side, but I thought they played really well on Saturday. But you look at Man City's bench, and it's just ridiculous. And, th- and this is the whole thing. They'll say, oh, Man United have got a bigger net transfer spend. Yeah, of course they do, because they're trying to play catch-up to Manchester City. Plus, the money that Manchester United actually make... Correct. They can spend that. They're the biggest football club on the planet. Man City, all of this, in the whole 115 charges that I've still got to to go through, we'll see what happens over the next week. Well, But I just think, in terms of the Champions League final probably from the late 90s all the way through to the late noughties, I would say, where the Champions League final, I thought in my head was, yeah, that was it. The pinnacle. That was the match. It was bigger than the World Cup final. Yes, it was. The World Cup final for me is a true test of football and talent because it doesn't matter how big your check is. Correct. It's all about the player the players and the coaching staff and yes. yeah of course there are natural advantages with countries being bigger and having yes. a bigger population and stuff like that of course notwithstanding that but there's there's literally nothing you can do about that no I, I just think the Champions League's knackered uh, to bring it back to a Scottish perspective as well sorry Ewan Celtic and Rangers have as much chance of winning the Champions League as Cowdenbeath have of winning the Scottish Cup <laughs> That's the different levels because Celtic and Rangers are rich compared with everyone else in Scotland, but Rangers and Celtic are poppers compared yeah. with the top players in European football. Yeah. And the whole thing's knackered. And, you know, I don't I don't spin it into a negative, but it's just, I just found it really depressing on Saturday night because I just thought, do, do you know does what this I, mean anything? Do you Not know what really. I found really depressing, right? Celtic and Rangers fans on social media who are now talking about how they would love to win the European Conference League, not the Europa League or even the Champions League, because they know that's the only chance they've got of getting European silverware. Well, to be fair, Rangers were a couple yeah, of penalty know, kicks away but, from winning but, the Europa League. But I League, think so. generally speaking, the yeah. likes of Celtic and Rangers, their best chance of getting a European trophy or a really good, decent European run is that Conference League. Now, if you look at the way that the West Ham fans and the players all celebrated it was brilliant to see I thoroughly enjoyed the game I was actually really pleased for David Moyes so as well. was I see when he was skipping down the touchline he was on the pitch celebrating there was a changing rooms and doing the proclaimers and all that stuff I would love to see a Scottish club in that situation I think the Celtic and Rangers are best equipped to win the Conference League but for them to slip into the Conference League they have to finish third in the Europa League mm-hmm. The chances of Celtic actually getting out of their Champions League group are slim to none. Let's be honest about it. Top two seeds are the top two seeds for a reason. And they're poppers in comparison to those teams that Celtic would be up against. Could they get third and fall in the Europa League? Possibly. But again, Celtic will start off as a a fourth seed. And the chances are that they're not going to get out of that group at all. And they're going to have any European football after Christmas. So I think in some weird way... Celtic would probably rather be in the Europa League from the get-go. No, no they wouldn't. From a foot, no, that from that's from a financial perspective. You're right, but from a football perspective, from a fans' perspective, when I'm reading fans talking about, they would love to be in West Ham's position because they know realistically that's the only chance they've got of getting a decent run and a victory in Europe. They'll not get it in the Champions League, and that's a sad state of affairs where football clubs the size of Rangers and Celtic are now thinking of going into a Conference League or a Europa League to get a half-decent run in Europe. Now, what I would say, slight caveat with West Ham winning, yeah, I was really pleased for David Moyes just because I actually think he's quite a decent guy. He comes nice across guy. quite well. If you're comparing wages and transfers, blew absolutely everyone else in the last four of that competition out of the way like they beat AZ Alkmaar yeah. in the semi-final I think who have a wage budget of something like £10 million so like 
West Ham were giants compared to everyone else. Yeah. Just because of the money that's in English football. But that doesn't sort of... That's why the rest of the European leagues are so worried about England. And that's why stuff like the Super League will always come back because England's so far ahead in terms of their money that this is going to become the norm. Well, let's not forget that it wasn't that long ago where Italian football was on its knees. Well, three of the opposition in the European finals were Italian. Mm-hmm. You had Roma, you had Inter Milan, and uh, who was it in the Europa League? It was Fiorentina. Roma? Fiorentina, yeah, yeah Conference course. League. Sorry, they got off their uh, Conference League campaign by beating Hearts. So I know Hearts, <laughs> Hearts only got put out by the runners-up. So you know, and, and I wasn't even impressed by them. <laughs> no, to be fair, they had a really rubbish start to the season, but then they sort of turned that around a wee bit. But so. there you go. So, so the English clubs and the Italian clubs kind of dominated European football. This season And Sevilla obviously Just Sevilla. win the Europa League All the time yeah. So yeah, I think you just give them A trophy to keep <laughs> Yeah totally Yeah, uh, Right other things That have happened From a more Scottish Football perspective uh, Obviously this time Last week we were recording Ange Postacoglu oh. Had not been announced As Spurs manager But we obviously Pretty much knew That that was going to happen And then later on that day He was officially appointed By Spurs So we all thought that We all knew it was coming I, I think he, he'll probably do quite a decent job at Spurs, to be honest with you, because I think the expectations are probably pretty low. I um, think that Ange Postacoglu is going to surprise many. A bit like De Zebri when he came in at Brighton. I think he's going to have a really positive impact. The question now for Celtic is, who replaces him? Yes, well, betting suspended on Brendan Rodgers. Two individuals from Celtic are currently in Mallorca speaking to him. So that was uh, Stephen McGowan at the Daily Mail, who sometimes uh, appears on Clyde One Super Scoreboard, broke this story last night. Stephen's very well informed when it comes to Scottish football. And uh, yeah, it was two high-ranking officials flew out to Brendan Rodgers in Mallorca, where he has a bolt hole, as they call it, out there. Would it be fair to say that there are more Celtic fans than not that really don't want Brendan Rodgers back. I've been reading lots of Celtic fans in forums and I've also been reading a lot of Celtic fans' threads on Twitter and I'd like to bring your attention to this particular thread that went kind of viral last night. A Twitter account called Forest Fishing. Sorry, Forest Finishing. Fishing. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Forest Finishing. Before I go any further, he does not want Rodgers. Looking back at Rodgers' time... I think he, I've read this. Right, it's really good. He inherited a young squad from Ronnie Dyer. We had Musa coming into the club. We had won trophies, but the squad were ready to kick on. Rodgers made that squad play better, no doubt about it. But we failed to build on it. I hear folks say Rodgers wasn't back. This is not true. He spent good money on Incham, Edward and Sinclair, high wages for Toury, etc., etc. Wasted money on the likes of De Vries, Gamboa, Kuasi, Comper, expensive loans for the likes of Musonda, Benkovic, Burke, Weah, just to name a few. Our budget wasn't well used at all. He doesn't manage assets well. His transfer business is horrendous. For a club whose success will be determined by how well we manage our assets and through player trading, to consider Brendan Rodgers as a new manager would, in my opinion, be ridiculous. He, like most good coaches, would win us the league. That shouldn't be the end of our ambitions. We need someone who can help the club grow as well as bring in success. And that was his take on the possibility of Brendan Rodgers turning up. And a lot of Celtic fans on that thread agreed with him. And I think he made some really decent points. And we've got a, a mutual friend who works here who's a Celtic fan. And he himself was also critical of Brendan Rodgers and his signings, not just here for Celtic, but when you look at some of the signings down south as well, when he was at Leicester and at Liverpool. I mean, some of the signings at Liverpool were were pretty poor. So is Rodgers a man? Well, I'm not so sure that he is because he left under a cloud. Celtic fans were really angry and upset with him at a time. He won his last 10 matches as Celtic manager. Do you take that boy's point? and, and, And Celtic were eight points clear at the top. If that's leaving under a cloud, it's a pretty nice cloud to leave under. Now, absolutely, see the, see the points that the guys make? I actually happen to agree that I don't think Brendan Rodgers is very good at signing players. I think his transfer record at Liverpool yeah. was honking. It wasn't uh, good. It, it came in the first season, did pretty well. Second season, nearly won the league. But it, again, that was all pretty much players that Kenny Dalglish had signed and had been there already. Yeah. His third season, he started signing guys like Ricky Lambert and <laughs> Dross like that. Then he comes to Celtic, 
does really well, well, exceptionally well, unbeaten in his first season, and then wins the treble, and then wins the treble again, and then pretty much lays it on a plate for Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon to come in and win the treble again. Now, what I would say is uh, Rangers had beaten Celtic in the Scottish Cup the season before, and that's what prompted Brendan Rodgers to come. Yeah. That's what prompted Brendan Rodgers to come in in the first place. Yeah. But now. Are Celtic a better team now than what they were when Rodgers took over? Yes. So he's got a better squad of players to work with now. And if, and, and if he can improve them further? He's definitely getting a better squad of players. I have no doubt about that. They're a better team to watch. They are actually superior to Brendan Rodgers' team. If you were to put those two teams up against each other, Ange 11 hammers Brendan's 11. So... If we, all being what we agreed on there that Brendan Rodgers isn't very good at signing players if he if he doesn't if he brings in one one or two players over the summer or whatever doesn't do too much damage with his signings is he not the type of coach that could take this squad to another level what I think he needs to do is do what Alex McLeish did when he replaced Walter Smith at Scotland he just carried on that good work he didn't tinker with it he didn't try to do anything spectacular we were on a good run and he just carried on that good work. And what I think Brendan Rodgers needs to do, if it is him, is that he comes in and he doesn't tinker with it. He just needs to do what Ange has been doing, play the way that they've been playing. And I think they'll be fine. But if he comes in and he tinkers, and he wants to stamp his own mark on that team, and he wants to bring in his own signings, I think opens up the door to Rangers. That current Celtic team still wins a league for me next season, no matter what Rangers do. If he tinkers with it, and he makes the wrong sign-ins, Rangers' door will be open and he'll win it. All those things that that guy has said can be true, but it can also be true that Brendan Rodgers won six trophies out of six as Celtic manager. Look at the circumstances though, Stephen. Ronnie Dyler didn't do that though, and Rangers won even in the league. He only won three out of six. Neil mm. Lennon didn't do that, you know? Yeah. So, like, Brendan Rodgers came in and won six trophies out of six, went on an unbeaten season, that's right. Rangers did under Stephen Gerrard as well, but it's not an easy thing to do. I get that. He also qualified for the Champions League twice when they actually needed to qualify for the Champions League. There's a slight bit of revisionism here. When Brendan Rodgers left, Celtic fans were very upset. And the reason they were very upset was two things. One, they didn't think he handled it very well. Which he, he did. He was going to Leicester. But secondly, they knew he was a really good manager. And he was winning everything. But the the way he had been talking, he wasn't walking out in that football club. The way Ange Postacoglu was talking a few weeks ago in February, he said, "You'll be su- you'll be surprised by how long I'm here." And now he's sports manager. And we were surprised because he left two months later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Manager, <laughs> but, managers yeah. say things all the time. So if Brendan Rodgers gets the job, has he got a big PR exercise ahead of him to bring back the Celtic fans? Slight. Does he have to apologise? No, I don't think so. You don't think he does? I think he does. He was complaining that, if you'll remember, they didn't qualify for the Champions League in his third season. They got beat by, I think it was AEK Athens. But at that point, they'd sold Dembele and they sold someone else who I can't really remember. Boyata. Boyata. And there was no replacement for them. And that, that was obviously the start of the downfall then. Went to Leicester and then did really well. Then obviously won the FA Cup. Got to, I think, the quarterfinals. Two seasons in a row, they finished fifth. Exactly. Nearly going to Champions League. Sorry, semi-finals of the Europa League as well. And then it gets to the third season and it's all sort of like spiral. But again, Leicester didn't back him. But did Leicester not back him because they actually thought, well, you're a bit rubbish at signing players, to be honest. I think it might have something to do with the financial fair play, but it could be a combination of both. I think it's going to be really interesting if Brendan Rodgers turns up at Parkhead and manages Celtic. It'll be interesting to see how the Celtic fans react to that ultimately and what it'll be like on that first day when they unfurl the flag and it's Rodgers there, not Ange. So I think, interesting week, and I think that Celtic are going to have to make some sort of announcement at some point very, very soon. And it could be this week. I think it could. I think it will be this week. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if they left it any longer. They want to get a manager in ASAP 
to put things in place for the new season. A manager is in at Hearts as well, or should oh. I say, a new technical director Don't. is in at Hearts. Frank McAvoy has been named as head coach. Stephen Naismith is Hearts technical director, and Gordon Forrest will be first team coach. Contracts until the summer of 2025, with an option of another year. You said that Stephen Naismith would not be appointed Hearts manager, and technically, you're correct because he hasn't been. He's now technical director. The reason for that is he can't manage in European competitions because. He doesn't hold the UEFA Pro A license, so he's manager in all but name. He is manager in all but name, but you think this is not going to be a goer? I didn't support it when it was being talked about. I said on this podcast and I said on Twitter, I don't believe that Stephen Naismith will get the Hearts job. But I mean, technically, you're right because he hasn't. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm I, not I, far be it from me to stick up for you here, but you said yes. that you said that Stephen Naismith yes. wouldn't be the Hearts manager and he's not. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really surprised by this appointment and I pray that he proves me wrong. He's untested. He's untried. Now, I know he's got coaching credentials working with Stevie Clark at Scotland, etc. And I know he worked behind the scenes at Tynecastle, but I don't think he's ready to step up. To the uh, to, manager's role To the technical director role And I don't even think his record as interim manager was very good either To be honest with you I No mean, it wasn't at it all It wasn't great at all So we played better football Don't get me wrong We're a bit more on the front foot We're awful defensively But I just thought we need someone with more experience Now I know he's got some experienced coaches around him But I thought we need a proper head coach a man with experience who's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, and I don't think we've got that Stevie Naismith. Please, mate, prove me wrong. I would want nothing more than you to go out there, not only finish third, but close the gap on the old firm, because that's ultimately what we want. And if he goes and does that, I'm more than happy to eat humble pie. I think, unfortunately, I don't think he sees the season out as Hearts manager. Turns out that you don't need a manager though What you need is a good technical director that, that's, that's where you've been going wrong all these yeah. all these years It's a technical director that you want So yeah. but, but you know what, the Hearts fans And again I can only judge it by Jambo's kickback The forum that I'm on The majority are happy with that appointment Fair enough Kevin Nisbet has signed for Millwall He'll be taking part in the two Scotland games coming up as well He's in Stevie Clark's squad But he has signed for Millwall Is that signed, sealed, delivered now? Signed, sealed, delivered It was reported as a significant seven-figure fee I'm led to believe it is two million plus add-ons And what's um, Dunfermline's take from that? 30% I believe That's great, was that about half a million or something? Something like that, yeah. That's really good. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. <laughs> it might just get you three or four decent players. And you know what? Like I said a few weeks ago that I didn't expect Nisbet to stay at Hibs for this reason. He's 26, I think, at this moment. Still young for a striker. Exactly. If he goes to the Championship and scores 15, 20 goals, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got Premier League teams lower down, Brentford, yeah. Brighton. You know, Fulham, te- that type of club. Teams, yeah. teams will be sniffing about him and that is life-changing for him as well. So, uh, fair play Congratulations on your move And hopefully you score Lots and lots And lots of goals Elsewhere Stephen Humphreys Has been named SPFL Goal of the season The one from inside uh, His own half Against Dundee United Uh, Charlie Fox's goal Against Dundee In the playoffs Good game Good goal Uh, that Second uh, Queen's Park of course And Leon McCann uh, A solo effort Against Edinburgh So those were the top Three there Um no Mark O'Hara against Rangers at Ibox, which I think was a great goal as well. But listen. Can you just let that go? No, it's fine. You, you keep I'm, banging on about I'm, it. I'm fine. Uh, also this week, new images of the proposed New Hamden Park. So these were actually from 2020. It was Architects Holmes Miller commissioned a report and put out some images of this. So it was similar to the Allianz Arena. It's gorgeous, uh, by the way. Retractable roof. Love increased it. capacity to 65%. Uh, the cop stands behind the goals as well. But obviously, it's been kicked into the long grass, uh, they say, due to COVID and costing. But, I mean, we have slagged off Hamden so many times on this podcast. We've slagged off the Scottish FA so many times on this podcast. Is it not a wee bit encouraging to see that they actually realise that they need to do something with Hamden? Yeah, knock it down and build flats where it is. And build the stadium elsewhere. But that, you, that, you, you just that, said that particular area is not fit for purpose. I love the stadium. I love the new design. Do it elsewhere. 
It's right next to a motorway. There's a train station right next to it. Shut up, Stephen. Why are you playing devil's advocate here? Is, I'm it, not. is it because you get money for the SFA? It's is it because you get money from M&S and a free bur- a burger or something? I don't know I what don't you get. get. A, a free burger? Do you get like a, a free hamper or something from M&S because the no. SFA? You're in their their, their no. pockets. You're getting your pockets Did, lined with money. Would it, would it not just be better if they just had a really good stadium? No, you have to put in a decent area like that's fit for purpose for getting from A to B, from C to D, and have some proper facilities around it, like restaurants and like, and places to eat, and nice pubs and places to go, and maybe like, put in the middle of a big park somewhere. Like where? Like, I like loads of pubs and restaurants and parks. I I liked um, the idea that um, was around many years ago, where Hearts and Hibs were maybe talking about building a stadium ah, straight right, in, okay, straight yes. in, which is which is which is on the outskirts. You got the bypass and ne- all that. The next motorway, and there's a train station near there. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, which one's that then? There's the straight and train. <laughs> <laughs> no, but or you could put it in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. What Hart Hill? <laughs> oh, the services there are good, but the petrol's really expensive. Exactly. I wouldn't get my petrol for Hart Hill. It's also Baltic all the time. It is very cold. But you know I'm getting that. I don't. I know th- you're getting that. I think we need to find somewhere that's a bit more fit for purpose and not the area where it is right now. Speaking of Queens Park, have agreed to return to Hamden from September. What's that all about? Scotland can access Lesser Hamden for training in return, so a deal has been struck there, and that what? means the home matches for Queens Park will be at Hamden next season. I don't know what's going on there. Lesser Hamden, they're thinking we probably want bigger crowds than a thousand if we're going to get promoted to the Premiership so let's have it at Hamden and then so they it's can... a 1500 in a stadium that fits 52,000 I think you'll be lucky if it's 1500 that's an absolute joke I just wish they would disappear move on okay the Scottish Cup and the Women's Scottish Cup has a new title sponsor Scottish Gas so that's going to be for the next few years a record breaking deal so what would, the, what would be the name of that? See, I don't know, because the Scottish Gas Scottish Cup doesn't really... I know. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. The Scottish Gas Cup? Scottish Cup Gas? No. Scottish Gas Scottish Cup? The Scottish Cup with Scottish Gas? And that doesn't sound right either. That doesn't sound right either. Because remember you said the Skull Cup? Yeah. Back in the day, the Milk Cup, which was England. The Scottish Gas Cup? Because it's the Emirates FA Cup, so it would probably be the Scottish Gas Scottish Cup. No. Only in Scotland would we have this issue, wouldn't we? I mean, it could only happen here. We get a sponsor and we don't know how it's going to fit in with the name of the well, competition. They've maybe thought about that, Ewan. They've maybe thought about right. that. Right, okay, let's just... We've just thrown some names in there. Let's seriously think about this for a second. Right. Scottish Gas Scottish Cup. Yes. Or the Scottish Gas Cup. Or the Scottish Gas Cup with... No, it doesn't work either. Hmm. Well, we'll wait and see what happens next season as well. Just very quickly, uh, the group stages for the Viaplay Cup have been released as well. A few tasty ones. Group F, Dunfermline Wraith Rovers in the same group. So a nice wee five derby. That's going to be shown on the television as well. Dundee United, Partick Thistle, Falkirk all in the same group as well. And uh, yeah, obviously the European teams don't come in until a later stage. Cowden Beath are in the Viaplay Cup for reasons absolutely unknown. They finished something like 14th <laughs> in the Lowland League. How Who knows they, what's how, happened there, to how, be honest with you. How have they found themselves in there? I did see lots of other Lowland League clubs going, must have missed our invitation. <laughs> Finishing above Cowdenbeath. So God knows how that's happened. Is um, it the top two or the top team that goes through in these groups? It's the Is top it, team definitely goes through and then it's the... The best of the rest. Four best runners the rest. Okay, so how many groups are there? One, two, three, There are eight eight. groups, yeah. So, yeah. And then, obviously, the uh, European teams join in a wee bit later on. So, a few signings as well this week. So, Ross McCrory has left Aberdeen to go to Bristol City. 2.3 million. Uh, Celtic have officially released Villiers Barkas as well. Uh, What a waste of money he was. Uh, Dundee have signed Scott Tiffany from Partick Thistle. Good player. But Partick Thistle look like they're mega struggling. Really, really worrying statements uh, from Partick Thistle towards the end of last week there. Uh, Joe Shaughnessy has also signed for Dundee from St Mirren and Charlie Riley, who was the sort of wonder kid from Albion Rovers, has also signed for Dundee. Was he not the shortlist for Player of the Year? He was Young Player of the Year. Kilmarnock have signed Robbie Dees from Inverness. And Rangers, of course, have signed Jack Butland from Crystal Palace. Who is the fullback they signed from um, Chelsea? 
I don't think that's confirmed yet. It's Sterling, uh, not Raheem, another Sterling. Another Sterling. Uh, so there but Jack Button's a good keeper. Yeah, Liverpool were looking at a uh, number of years ago when he was originally at... What team was he originally at? Was it Stoke or was it Middlesbrough? I think it was Stoke, yeah. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Okay, we've got a few more listener questions from Twitter. So oh, Have we? Yes, we do. Um, questions? Well, it's sort of just comments and questions. Well, I don't uh, see this on my, my, my script. So, hello to Kevin Rankin, who says, started listening to the podcast a few weeks ago. Very funny. Surprisingly good, considering I usually find you an annoying as fuck. <laughs> but fair play, lads. Keep it up. Thumbs up. Thank you very much for your comment, Kevin. Who was that? Kevin. Kevin Rankin, yeah. Love you, Kevin. Uh, Robin has been asking what the new management team at Dungorgie Way is like for you and Cameron. We've covered that. Thank you very much for your question. Uh, Robin also says, best baked products in Scottish football. Oh. He says, I will gladly admit that Steak Bridey from East End Park is a phenomenal pastry-based cuisine. I don't think I've had a steak Friday from oh. um, East End Park. Oh, they're good. Are, are they good, I I'll take you next season. I can't even remember the last time I had a Friday, and I used to eat them a lot when I was a child. Yeah. Because normally when I go to the football, it's normally a steak pie for me with a wee bit of brown sauce on top. That's a good choice. Yeah. That is a good choice. I do like a sausage roll as well. I see it. Sausage rolls... I like a good sausage roll. Uh-huh. But sometimes you can get rotten sausage rolls. Oh, no, you're right. Especially at the football, you don't know what you're getting. And I really don't want to know what's in that mincemeat. Okay. I so think I've eaten a tooth out of a sausage roll before. Oh, Denny. Mr. Smiley Face says, uh, Nesbitt away for pennies. Should have at least kept till after their qualifiers. Millwall will want to bump up the price. He scores to take them further his value goes up now once Smiley Face re- learns to uh, type properly <laughs> that would be amazing uh, but I think the thrust of his point is should Hibs have held on to Nesbitt a wee bit more nah. to try and get a wee bit more money do you know why he's injury prone they've got a good offer get the money in and then you can now look forward to the new season and invest that money elsewhere also he's going into the final year of his contract so they won't want to lose him for nothing that's the best point Hello to Taylor Swift, CSC, who says, Can European football ever truly recover from teams like City buying their way to the European Champions League? No! Or do we need to accept that this is the new normal? I don't think we accept it. I think there's some new hard, fast rules that need to be made that governs European football and financial fair play because at the moment, financial fair play is a joke and people are finding loopholes around it. Okay. Ricky is asking for a best of if Scottish football was a highlight reel of you and making a mess of them. Now, that could no. be an entire podcast episode Shut itself. Up. Because. L- listen, football's all about having an opinion. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. That's just what happens in the world of football. So, why are you picking on me? No, not just your stupid opinions I'm talking about. I'm talking about. <laughs> stupid opinions, I'm me! To- I'm talking about you. Not understanding that if Scottish football was yes. a... Oh, God, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, there'd be a highlight reel of that. that would make the highlight reel just there as well. <laughs> so, uh, here we go. Thank you very much for all your shouts for if Scottish football was a currency. Much like last week, there were absolutely tons of them. Lots of people want to get their tweets in before the end of the season. Remember, you can find all this week's tweets over at, at BigFootballScott on Twitter. Even the shite ones we don't read out. So, rules from producer Chris. This is new this week. If you just say the name with a different spelling, it doesn't count. E.g. no Franks. You've not done anything special and you don't deserve to be (laughs) rewarded with a mention. Okay, right. Thank you very much, Chris. Alan Till says, Tory Andre Florin, which is a British two-shilling coin, apparently. Is it? I do do like this one. The South African Randy Halliday. (laughs) I do like that. Uh, Alexander Wilson, Dollar Menga. Uh Uh-huh. Marvin Batley or the bat they still use the bat they still use the bat uh, Brian Stalker says Cash Taylor yeah Ian Durand as well another South African Rand I presume is that still around the Rand I think so yeah I thought it was a pound in South Africa for some strange reason you well, sure it's a I Rand I think it probably was about 100 years ago Ewan when South Africa was part of the sort of British Empire mm-hmm. but you know we've moved on uh, East End Tales says didn't Hearts play Hungarian outfit Hungarian outfit alright okay I get it now didn't Hearts play Hungarian outfit (sighs) Forint Ina this season 
We played Fiorentina. They're fairly. <laughs> what you, what's going on here? Why are you laughing, Chris? Our producer's shit, by the way. <laughs> I didn't write them. Yeah, you but you put it in for us to read. <laughs> it's you, you're, you're the producer. You decide what goes on on the show and we discuss it. And you've put that pish in. George Burns says, Zlotty Arfield. Zlotty? What's, is that Polish. like... Oh, Polish. Dong Hutchison. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where the Dong is from? Uh, that's uh, Vietnam. Is the correct answer. Graham McFarlane says, Rupee Nielsen. I've used rupees. I've been to India. Uh, Nikki Levlin. The Lev. The Lev, where's that? Bulgaria. Is that? Krona Hazard. Are they not part of the European Union? Bulgaria. Are they not using the Aye, euro? You, you don't need to use the euro if you're in the European Union, famously. Don't know if you've been keeping up with Scottish political debate over the last. No, but nine if you years. go to Bulgaria, they're not using the lev. Well, they maybe used to use the lev. So does this have to be currencies that were used today or just yesterday, or is no, it across I, everything? I, I said that last week. It's all currencies. What? You could use Past the groat. present. Sean Groter. But but some people used to use I goats. I thought that That was quite good. Some people used to use goats. And we're talking standard issued currency from a central. But bank. a goat was a standard issue currency back in the day. You could go. You, and... There wasn't a central bank where they gave out goats. You know? <laughs> there wasn't. So, ruble matondo. Can you imagine going for a loan for a goat? Hoofhearted and Dehu says Bat Nevin. James Fallows, Mixu Peseta Linen. Johnny Max says Dollarenzo Amoruso. Uh, Jono says Prince Edward Island Dollar. Interesting. Juan Hutchison. Not bad. South so, Korea. South Korea. Uh, Ruble Moravchik. Ruble. Uh, that's oh, from Ruble, Kenny yeah. Burchess. Uh, Lester Cress says Chadu Rupee. Dosh McKinley, I think is quite good as well. Mark Gavin says, Fashion Shakela. <laughs> good. Very From good. Israel. From Israel. Uh, Michael Thomas, Oldham Fairman players here. Lee Rabulin. Yeah, Lee Rabulin. Deutsch Mark Miller. And Drachmark McCulloch. Greece. You ever been to Greece? I've been in Greece a few times. Yeah. I've never been. Ross Cole says, Felipe Centaros. The Philippine penny is called a centavos. So actually, according to producer Chris, you've missed a trick there, Ross. Because you've obviously went for cent, as in like a dollar yes. cent. Mm-hmm. But the centavos is um, Philippine currency. Uh, Ross, 1874. Drachmande Halliday. Deutschmark Haley. Euro. Euro? Yeah, that's... Oh, a, a Celtic striker. Yeah, yeah, and it's a currency they use in Europe. Scott Keith. Iranian Rael Hatati. Oh, the Real. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Shekel. Mm. Uh, Sean Tugood says Ellie Yuen. Ellie and Yuen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Uh, Sean P says Yen Penigur of Hesselink. So he's actually combined. He's got two in there. You've got Yen and then you've got Penny. Penny. Penigur. As in vinegar. That's good. Not bad. Uh, Simon McQueenie, Sean Smackeroonie, uh, Tommy Bitcoin. Very good. Tommy Bitcoin is good. Uh, Rupee Scatchel, Smiley Face. Wait, 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 see if we go any further. How do you use a Bitcoin to buy stuff? On the internet. Right, I know how the internet works, mate, and I know that's what that is, right? But how do you use a Bitcoin? How much is it worth? So if I go on the internet and I want to buy the new PlayStation 5. Yeah. Producer can Chris I, can, is currently... Can uh, I use a, a bit... He's about to tell us how much one Bitcoin is worth. Any idea, Ewan? Could I buy a PlayStation with a Bitcoin? Yes. I could? Yep. A PlayStation 5 is about 570 quid. You could buy... Many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's worth, one Bitcoin's about 20 grand. Is it really? I, I still don't understand it. I still don't get what bit, Bitcoin's all about and why it's... So valuable. They're saying it's like the future for currency. It's an internet currency. But one Bitcoin is 20 grand. But that's just bizarre. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't I don't know if I want. I don't, I don't know, know if I like the future. I don't like the future. It sounds like the Matrix. I don't want to be in the Matrix. I just want to be where I am here right now without having to worry about the future. Okay. By the way, there was aliens in Las Vegas. Did you see that? No, I, I, I think I think we're about to be visited. And I think we're about to be told that there's aliens and that we live amongst aliens and they're amongst us and they're visiting us every day. And I think that's about to come out. So I'm really scared. 
You had a heavy weekend, June. I did, yes. <laughs> I'm paranoid now about yeah. Bitcoin and aliens are coming. Now, I did don't you see understand. The in Vegas? I didn't, no. I've not seen that, no. It was hiding behind a forklift truck. Right. Was it an actual alien? It was an actual alien. Right, okay. A policeman caught an alien flying over him when he was on a disturbance call. The spaceship crashed in this boy's backyard. Hmm. No. It's just so strange that it's happened in Las Vegas where famously nobody is off their chops most of the time. Hallucinates I am, I am tell- a lot I'm, of the time. Right, so so policemen are stand-up guys, right? He was at a call at midnight and there was a disturbance and while he was dealing with this disturbance, something flew over his head and it caught on his body camera this flash of light just streaking through the sky in Vegas, mm-hmm. and that streak of light then crashed in somebody's backyard. The family went out to see what it was, and there were two eight to ten foot aliens. And there is video footage of the alien hiding behind a forklift truck, which is in the backyard of this boy. So they're here, right? Cool. And the boy who had the spaceship crash in his backyard phoned the police. The guy who saw the light flash through the sky, that policeman went, is that something to do with what I just saw? He then jumped in his car and went run to the house mm-hmm. because he connected the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's aliens in Vegas somewhere cool. wandering about. Do you not think we might have heard a wee bit more about this? Well, where have you been this weekend? It's been everywhere. Why is it not on Sky News just now? You'd think that would be very big news. Like, we've got Sky News on in the studio just now. They are not talking about that. Producer Chris, can you put some sort of um, hold music here for 30 seconds, 10 seconds while I show Stephen this video? There's a there's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Now, one witness went on to tell investigators, quote, 100% they're not human. Done. See? Did you see the alien? I mean, Ewan, I know you don't drink much, but <laughs> don't drink any going forward, is what I would say. Smiley Face says, 10 Bob Malcolm. Uh, Lira Abada. Taylor Swift, CSC says, Frank Macapenny. William says, Yenny Miller. Ali McCoinst. Uh, Robin says, Giza Lendy, a couple of Bobo Baldi. Uh, Robbie L says, Pierre Van Hoydong. Uh, Satoshi McKinley. That's a Bitcoin penny, apparently. And if I had a pound for every time you mentioned the Real Radio football phone in, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks again for all your tweets then. Ewan Cameron, who is this week's winner? I thought they were all very good. So for this week only, they are all winners in my book. Okay, all winners. And for all next winners. week, we're obviously having a bit of a weather crisis in the UK for the last few weeks because it's been so dry. There's been hardly any rain. We're running out of water. So... We want your shouts for if Scottish football was a heat wave, okay? Yes. Here are some of producer Chris's shouts. Barbecue Keevans. <laughs> Paddling Pool Lambert. Tanadice Lolly. And Cans in the Park Head. <laughs> right, you've got a lot of work on your hands, so we better get going, okay? That's a wrap for episode 46 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Stephen Mill. Thank you to you and Cameron for joining me, and a huge thank you to you all for listening to almost all of our episodes this season next week is the last one we're back a week on Wednesday after Scotland's matches against Norway and Georgia Ewan very quickly your score predictions oh we're going to get four points out of the six okay I'll take that we, I think we'll get six to be honest with you we might even have a new Celtic manager by the time we're next on which is Wednesday the 21st of June for the final episode don't tweet producer Chris on Monday and give him grief the same time that's the put the alien video away I'm, I'm not finished yet and I've got 8 seconds uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show whenever you listen and leave us a 5 star review plus head over for the Scottish Tribbles this week wave we'll speak to you next week bye bye <laughs>